Amen. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, song service. Thank you for your faithfulness and your ministry. Amen. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. We're going to read there in just a moment. You don't have to put the scripture up just yet. But John chapter 11, we're going to read there in just a moment. For those, I see new faces in here who I've never met. And just to give you some background of who I am, um, this is my church right here. Amen. I got saved back in 09. Right here. Uh, if you're new here, well, just like you, I came in walking in those doors. I had no clue what this whole church ordeal was about. Uh, maybe you're a little bit ahead of me because at that time I didn't even believe in God. But I was here for other reasons, not good reasons. But regardless, I came here, got saved in 09, gave my life to Christ. Everything changed. Here's where I met my wife, Jackie. And uh, now I've been married for 11 years. I've got four beautiful daughters. And we're now pastoring here about 10 minutes from here. I couldn't go too far from my mother church. Come on, somebody. Maybe you can. You're stronger than me, but I can, man. I need y'all in my life. But um, we're about 10 minutes from here, amen. Uh, going on three years now, two and a half, something like that. Uh, God, God's been moving, amen. And that's just a little bit about me. My name is Carlos. I don't know if I mentioned that. My name is Carlos. Amen. If you're new here, we're glad that you're here. Amen. God has plans for you. After we are saved, after we're born again, if you don't know what that means, uh, ask around after the service is over. Born again, you give your life to Christ. The Bible says if you're not born again, you're not make heaven your home. That's how important it is to be born again. After we're born again, though, after we're saved, after we give our life to Christ, there are still issues in our lives. Come, how, many, how many know what I'm talking about? That you don't just bow your knee and become saved, and all of a sudden you're just this perfect piece of meat walking around the earth. It doesn't work like that. You still have issues that God... Is not okay with, and he's wanting to remove these layers off of your life, these this baggage, these weights, and uh, it's almost like layers. And and what I really want to get to the point is, I'm talking about characteristics and bad habits that we learned prior salvation. These things can potentially stop you from reaching your destiny. That's how important it is to remove them. These things can potentially destroy the calling upon your life. Uh, you can be saved. You can, you know, one day make heaven your home, but you'll completely miss everything that God wants for your life here in this age. I preached this sermon before last year. And I just felt God pressing in my heart to preach it again, and I felt there was going to be new faces here, and sure enough, that's the case. But not only for the new convert, but also for the older saint, I believe God will use this as a great reminder of how you are the example that they must follow. This sermon is called The Lazarus Effect. I've changed some things here. I believe God wanted me to say layers of bad habits Layers of bad behaviors, conduct, bad habits, false perspectives. You believe you know about God, but you don't know him. 
well, I don't think God cares about this. You'll be surprised. Bad perspective. Jealousy. Some people battle with jealousy. Envy. Anger is impulsive. No dominion, no self-control. That's what I'm talking about here tonight. Amen. And we're going to read. And if you're anything like me, if you ever had prayers like, God, I need you to change this in me. How many of you have prayed that before? God, why am I still like this, God? God, forgive me that that's still in my heart. God, where my passion go? Where my fire go? Where my zeal go? The formula, the secret, the answer you'll get tonight. God's going to deliver people here tonight. Amen. God's going to deliver people here and guide and give direction. John chapter 11. We're going to read these verses and then we're going to pray. We're going to read verse 38 and 39 and then we'll jump down to verse 43 and 44. Say amen if you're there. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, there's always a but every time you're trying to do something for God. Martha said, but Lord, this is a sister of the dead man. By this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. His brother been dead four days in the tomb. Jump to verse 43. When Jesus has said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. Amen. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen, a cloth around his face. Jesus says to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Let's pray. Let's ask God to help us tonight. Father God, I pray. God, tonight that you would move, Lord. I pray revelation, wisdom. God, inspiration, Lord, I pray, God, you spark a fire in the souls of your people, Lord. God, wisdom, God, in direction, God, humility above all, Lord. God, let us follow your truth accordingly. I trust in you and your spirit, God, tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, and we all say, amen, amen. First, straight to the point. Here, Lazarus is dead. It is a picture of salvation. Here is a man who is dead. How many know in our sin, we were dead in our sins? The Bible says we were dead in our sins, but when we got saved, we were made alive in Christ. Amen. That's not just some lingo that's in the, that's actually what happened. We were dead in our grave. Here's a man who was dead, and by the word of God, Jesus comes and says, wake up. Live. And he woke up and lived. That's a miracle that can only happen with the power of Jesus Christ. But let's jump straight to the point here because I don't want to talk about salvation tonight. I want to talk about what happens after that. Because here's a man who is now alive, who was once dead. And now he's alive. He was once in the dark. And now he's in the light. Yet it seems like he can't keep moving forward. Then he's already there because there's things that are wrapping him up. There are flaws that you and I have that won't allow us 
to take the next step. Be something simple. Being faithful to church. All of a sudden, any little thing gets in the way, and all of a sudden, uh, you're, you're gone. Thanks. Sometimes it ain't nothing demonic. It's just mere laziness. Come on, somebody. Linens, there's character flaws. Laziness is one of them. Man, when I got saved, that laziness almost took me out. I remember in the outreach, we go out and evangelize every Saturday. Here comes my pastor, my former pastor, knocking on the door. It's 11 o'clock. My eyes barely open up, waking me up. Man, who's knocking on my door? I'm thinking it's 8 a.m. It's almost 12. No discipline. And my pastor comes and says, what, what are you doing, man? Some been out for five hours. What you doing? Listen, I would have never reached my destiny if I had allowed someone to help me untie the things that came that were still with me from my past life. Yeah, I was saved. Yeah, I gave my life to Jesus, but there was things that would have never allowed me to move any further for God because of a flaw in my character. Here's a man. This brother's wrapped up like a mummy, man. But he's wrapped up, he's tied up from things of his past life, his carnal life, his dark life. Husband, you, how do you talk to your wife, husband? Wife, how do you talk to your man? Oh, no, he didn't. He better not. What you saying? How do you talk to your kids? Every time they push a button, what are you, what are you doing? What you doing? You're acting like you were back in Egypt. There's things still in our hearts, still in our character. That God is saying tonight, listen, there are things in your life. Listen to what I'm about to say right now, because I'm going to give you the shocker first, and then I'll explain it with scripture. Here's a shocker. There are things in your life, new convert, visitor. There are things in your life, older saint, that you will never be delivered from. No period. It's still open for There are things in your life that you will never be delivered from if you keep praying like this. Dear Lord, Lord, you know what I'm struggling with. Please take this out of my heart, God. God, some way, somehow, you've got to take this out of my life. Keep praying like that. It will never happen. Not dismissing the fact that it happened. Salvation is God doing a miracle. But in this story with Lazarus, here's Lazarus. He's tied up with things that I won't allow him to move any further. He's got a cloth in his face. He can't even see clearly. He, he don't even know. Who, I don't even know if he knows that's Jesus right there in front of him. He don't, he don't understand the word very clearly yet. And it wasn't Jesus himself that unwrapped him. It wasn't Jesus. If anyone was qualified to help this brother move forward, was Jesus himself. Amen? 
If anyone could have helped this man with the flaws that he has, the Bible says, their brother have an odor, man. Their brother stinks. Listen, you and I stink sometimes. Amen? We stink sometimes. We start digging in, we start, start stinking in there sometimes. And God says, I need those things to get out of there. Well, yeah, I know, Lord. That's why I'm praying, God, that you take them out of here. Year after year, still there. Year after year, still right there. Year after year, how come I can't get my prayer life going? How come I can't get my reading life going? Year after year, same issue. Here's Lazarus wrapped up with what has him bound. And the freedom and the deliverance and the conquering of the issues of his past life ended up being a church project. Not a Jesus project. A church project. If you know any context in this story, Jesus says to them, verse 44, can you put the last verse up there? Verse 44, Jesus says to them, Jesus says to them, who's he talking to? The context is Jesus is with his disciples somewhere in some other place. He gets the news, Lazarus is dead. So he goes, but the disciples are with him, and they say, let us go too. Jesus arrives at the scene with them. Here's a man who's been born again, a miracle that only Jesus Christ himself can do. But the growth of this man was determined, the destiny, the growing, the moving forward after this depended on the church. Listen to what I said. There's issues in your life who you still struggling with. And until you allow someone to come down and confront you and say, look, you have this issue here. Let me help you. Unless you allow someone to come and remove those things from your life, those attitudes, unless you allow someone to correct those wrong perspectives that for years you thought, this is what the Bible says. Unless you allow someone to come and speak into your life, you will never be delivered. Quiet up in here. Come on, somebody. And this is not the only scenario, folks. It happens throughout Scripture, and I'll show you another, another time, another time this happens. It is an incredible thing that the only way an older saint can continue to move forward, the only way a new convert can overcome things, and the only way an older saint can bring back the things he had at first, as it begins to open up once again. Remember those conversations at the beginning? It was easy, Pastor. You know, I'm struggling with this, you know, this weed, man. <laughs> man, I can't let it go, man. You know why you were delivered? Because you confessed it. Because you were open. Because you were humble. People are under the impression that humility is this a, you know, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Yeah, very respectful, you know. The world will call that humility. 
Because that's what they think humility is. It's outer personality. That's not humility. You can have some arrogant, prideful, thinks he knows it all, big-headed teenager, and you tell him, hey, man, what are you doing, man? Start reading your word. You shouldn't be doing that. Take your shirt in. Excuse me, sir. What? Arrogant? Big-headed, loud-mouthed, thinks he knows it all? Yeah, he listens whenever they tell him something. Humility is not what you see in the outer appearance. It's are you willing to take it? The Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Jesus. What did he do? That he humbled himself unto obedience, even unto death on the cross. Humility has nothing to do with some person, some outer attitude, because if it was, they would have called Jesus a prideful man when he pulled out that whip. Started beating everybody. That guy ain't no, that guy ain't humble. Look at him, prideful. I mean, no, Jesus wasn't prideful. Jesus was humble. Because humility is doing what another says. Jesus says, not my will be done, but your will be done. What I'm going with this is, what I'm going with is here. Here is Lazarus, and he is bound by issues Flaws from his dark ways. Flaws that we picked along the way, maybe even. I want to tell you, God is merciful. God's mercies are new every morning, the Bible says. How many can say amen? If you woke up, you could try again. Amen? If you didn't wake up, then we can say, I told you. But if you woke up, you should say, are you ready to try again when someone fails? Because if you wake up, you have mercies to start over again. You have issues in your life that are not allowing you to move forward in the kingdom of God. And the only way you will overcome those things, the only way you'll start seeing fruitfulness once again is if you humble yourself. And allow someone else to speak into your life. The problem with the older we get, the more knowledgeable we get, the more education we get, spiritually speaking, the more sophisticated we become, we become in our ability to hide. We're still open because we know scripture. I got to have some openness. And we leave the door cracked in just a little bit. And our pastor's gone. He don't even know what's going on. Uh, you okay, man? You good in there? Force him. He don't even know what's inside. When before it was, come on in, everybody. You get better. We start closing in more. I still leave it open because I know it's crucial to, to, to have authority, to listen to pastor. I know it's important, so I got to. That ain't nothing. Hey, sitting there looking, are you okay, man? When they ask you, are you good? Oh, yeah, I'm good. That's not what he's talking about. When people ask you, hey, man, are you good? They're not talking about, hey, how's the weather outside? He's saying, open up. Are you good? Because if you don't come from, Pastor Campbell said this, whatever you're not, you will never conquer what you're not willing to confront. Here's Jesus. He says, unbind him. Here's the other scripture that I need you to understand. 
There is power. There is power living inside of you. For every believer, young or old, you better understand this truth. There is power in your brother. Think about this. Let me move this right here because it's a, uh, Satan want to stop me real quick. Look, there is power in the brother sitting next to you. If he's saved. Jesus says this, John 13, 8 through 10. John 13, 8 through 10. The Bible says this, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet, Lord. Jesus is about to wash Peter's feet. He's about to show a revelation, but people don't, Peter don't understand that yet. So he thinks, oh man, I should be washing your feet, right? That's what butlers did back then in a way. And he's saying no because he's thinking that way. And then Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Other versions say you have no part with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet then, then my hands and my head, hey, wash me all over, God. He's probably understanding. This is one of those little parable thingies. Jesus, right, I, I get it. I'm, I'm listening. Wash all of me. And then Jesus says, the one who has been bathed does not need to wash except for his feet. But it's completely clean. You are clean. Look at this reality. You've been born again. You ain't gotta, you've been born again. But you got issues. Listen, new convert. The moment I gave my life to Christ, I got up, and I didn't just feel like, hey, hey I'm, well, I feel born again. <laughs> there was no feeling inside of me. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't feel much of a difference. And it's easy to think, because I'm still struggling with things, I must still be dead in my sin. That's not true. Lazarus was awake, alive, yet still bound. Lazarus, come out. Here's Jesus washing the disciples' feet. So let's speak about that revelation. We traffic an unclean world. Amen? We're going to pick up things that are dirt. You're going to see things that you shouldn't be seeing. You're going to hear things that you shouldn't be seeing. Sometimes it's out of your control. You're walking around. You look one side and like, hey, what is that? Now you got an image in your head. Hear things. People in your job just speaking things that you shouldn't be hearing. Things that you, don't, you wouldn't even say at home. We traffic an unclean world, and Jesus is saying, look, there are issues in your life. There are things inside of you that if you don't wash them up, you will no longer have part with me. What does that mean? Because, Lord, you said I'm clean. I don't have to re rewash again. God, what, what do you mean no part with you? Listen, there's places where God wants to take you. There are plans for you and your family. There is calling. There is destiny. But you will never reach them. You won't have part in those plans with Christ. Yes, you're washed. Yes. But unless you clean those things up, unless you change those perspectives, unless you realize you have false doctrine, unless you understand you're lazy, unless you recognize your flaw. Unless you open up, you will never have part in what God has for you. 
Jesus says, you have no part with me. So Peter said, well, then wash me so I can. No, no, no. Just your feet. You're dirty. You got issues. And unless you wipe those things up, unless you allow someone else. If you know this story, it's amazing. After this verse, Jesus tells them, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right. He says, but me being Lord, wash your feet. He says, what you see me do to you, you do for one another. Ah, I don't know if some of y'all got it, so let me explain. The only one that can cleanse me from my flaws is my king. He has the power to set me free. In one word, Lazarus, live. Right? If anyone has the power, Father, please take this away already, God. It's him. And he says, I do that because I wash your feet. Because I'm constantly creating a clean heart, constantly forgiving you, showing you mercy, a clean slate all over again. That's God. But then he says, what I do, that, that what I have the potential to do, you do for him. If you don't learn to esteem your brother higher than yourself, he will never be able to wash your feet. Lazarus had to allow someone to enter the most darkest, dirtiest parts of his life in order to be cleansed, in order to be unbound. Here's Lazarus out of the grave. Yes, he's saved, but there's still bound. He looks like a mummy, man. And Jesus tells the disciples, unbind him. You've been praying for things to be delivered from. God, return to me. My passion, my, 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 my love for people. God, where have I? You've been praying for things that never will come. Because the formula for many things is that right there. Can you allow another man to speak into your life? Can you begin to stop to say, you know what? I'm going to stop hiding things and think that I'm going to figure this out on my own. Me and Jesus over here. Can, you, can your pastor speak into your life? And by that I don't mean can, can he. Oh, yeah, he's got access, but he doesn't know what to speak into. Can you reveal the flaw? Listen, before Jesus washed the disciples' feet, they had to take their shoes off first. Some people got some nice looking Jordan. They had some nice little clean shoes, but inside got some dirty old feet, man. Nobody knows that you got dirty feet. That's your fault. Lord, please deliver me, Lord. He said, I already took you out of the grave. This will require your humility. And he says, the church, the disciples are going to be the ones. Can you esteem each other higher than yourself? Because the same power that is in Christ is living in someone right next to you. And it's so hard to open up. Look, I'm going to close with this. I'm not closing yet. I'm reaching my closing point. People are going to be saved. 
in this church. There's souls that are going to come in. There's going to be fruit that comes in here. There's going to be conversions and salvation. There's going to be people who are struggling. God's going to use your life to help another. It's coming. You see it. You're going to walk in those doors with struggles, with issues, with problems that you will never know about. And if they want to live for God, they're going to have to open up. And you're going to have to teach that. you got to open up, man. you got to open up. Otherwise, you'll never be delivered. You will never conquer anything you're not willing to confront. And the very thing you're teaching, if you're not doing it, they'll act just like you. No, I'm good. If the church doesn't hurry up and apply this, become a habit where you... Esteem each other higher than yourself. When someone gives you a word, you're like, eh, well, that's how you think. I think like this. It'll never happen. How many want to see people make heaven their home? God says the very thing they're going to need, God requires it in you. Amen? Humility. Here's how it looks practically. Hebrews 13, 17. This is how it looks in an ordinary, day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis. Hebrews 13, 17. If you have your Bibles, you still have Bibles in here? Amen. Come on, somebody. Obey your leaders and submit to them. What? For those who have selected here, let me reset it, say that again so you get the whole thing. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy. Let them do this with joy. Let them do this with joy. Let them instruct you with joy. Not, come on, man. Tell me, man. Tell me. I know you're struggling. Tell me. Why not like that, Lord? If they have a heart, they should keep trying. Lord, why not like that? Well, here's why. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. That's what the Bible says. That's not what I says. what the Bible says. This is what this means. Pastor, here's my life. I just want to do it every day, every morning, every night, every day. What do you agree with? What don't you? Why? Why such openness? Well, the Bible says, imitate those. Listen, I'm getting to the practical. I'm getting to the how to do what I'm saying. How to allow someone to speak to you. How? The Bible says, obey and submit. And imitate those who inherit the promises of God. Through faith and patience. That's how they got those promises. The promise of freedom. They're no longer bound. See Christians out there going, oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I got Jesus in my heart. You do? Where's his power, man? You got a form of godliness, but you deny his power. Your God can't deliver you from a four-inch little stick where you caught tobacco? But my God can't. 
here's the power of God. And he says, obey and submit to your leaders in the faith. To those who inherit the promises of God, imitate them. What they think, how they think of think about things, certain situations. If he says, I wouldn't do that. But God is telling you to say that when, when, when you hear a pastor or an elder or a brother in Christ tell you, man, I wouldn't be doing that, man. Start changing it? Okay. If they don't do that, then I don't do that. It's simple. Keep it simple, pimple. And Jesus says, they have power to cleanse you, to help you the same way Jesus helps you. That's powerful. That in all my flaws and weaknesses, that I can help someone if they would open up like I opened up with my elders and my pastors. There's power in your hand. But some walk around with hands like this. Because when someone tries to help you, put your hands back in your pocket. I'm closing with this. I know it's getting hot in here. My church is hotter, actually. We're actually hotter than this. This is actually cold. It's actually cold in here. I was going to put my jacket on. I'm playing. It is hotter than my church, though. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. 2 Corinthians 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I, then I, then, and only then, then, not because you say a little prayer, if you humble yourself, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Their land. My home. My house. No longer a house of chaos. Because I opened up once. I opened up in a certain... God, Pastor, you know what? Brother, I, I, I'm doing it. God, hey. God says, I'll bring deliverance. God's going to deliver people here tonight. Amen. If you begin to embrace and receive the formula, the secret, the mystery, the revelation, humble yourselves and allow each other to speak into your life and begin to cut things off and begin to imitate each other. If you do this, those who come will do exactly the same thing. Amen? What you do, what I do for you, do for one another. Let's give God praise this evening. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. God, we thank you, Lord, for your revelation and your truth. Uh, let me have every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Oh, our God is good. Out of all the things we preached about tonight, every head bowed, every eye closed in respect to God and to your neighbor. I want you to open up your heart to what I'm about to say this, this moment. This moment here is what we call the altar call. We approach the end. We want to hear from God. We don't just want to hear a, a word. We want to hear from God himself. And in this moment where we're, we're still, 
Open up your heart. It was in a moment like this where God touched all of us, a lot of us here. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. There is destiny for your life. There is calling. Older saint, there is calling, there is vision, there is plans. That God wants you to reach. But simple character flaws can hinder. They can stop where God wants to take you. God is merciful. God loves you. He'll give you chance after chance. You'll see. That's not the point. The point is to use that day of mercy and say, God, this is the day. God, this is the day. I don't have to figure this out. God, I know it's about him. I will open up and I will address and I will confront issues and I will humble myself before men of God who hold your power, your Holy Ghost living inside. Those who've had those promises of deliverance, who are inheriting them, who are being seen. God says he wants to deliver you if you humble yourself. I'm going to switch the order of the service for one moment. You all talked about that, but I'm going to switch it here for just one moment. If you're in this place and you've never given your life to Christ and you say, you know what? I don't know what all this is about, but I do know I want to, I want to live for God. I want to make heaven my home. And if you've never given your life to Christ, but you want to, let me pray for you. I want you to lift your hand. If that's you tonight, don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand and put it right back down. I want to pray for you. I see that hand. Amen. Honest hearts. Listen, ain't no one going to be with you in judgment day when you're there before God. Doesn't matter what anybody thinks. This is your chance. This is your time. If you're in this place, you've never given life to Christ, but you want to, I want you to lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Join these hearts, amen, and say, God, today's the day. I hear you. I want to give my life. One more, one more call. Anybody else want to give your life to Christ tonight? Oh, God loves you. If you lifted your hand, amen, I want you to look up at me. If you lifted your hand, I want you to come up to the front. I want to pray for you. Lift your hand. Let's, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Amen. Anybody else? Maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you say, you know what? That's me. I want to give my life to Christ. Come up to the front. I want to pray for you. I want you to find a place right here. I'm going to have a, an altar worker to come and pray for you. Pray for this precious soul here. Amen. Find a place here in the altar. They're going to pray for you. Amen. Lead her through a prayer. A prayer of repentance. Accepting Christ into her heart. If anybody else is in this place, you say, you know what, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. I'm going to switch it over now to the church. Church, God has spoken. God has spoken. Humble yourself and open up once again to each other. And God will remove what's been holding you bound for a long time. Open up again.
and you'll see deliverance. This altar is open if anybody wants to come and get a hold of God. Amen. If God has spoken to you, I encourage you, speak to God. Lean on his mercy. Come, knowing that you're coming to a merciful God, to a God who loves you, who a God who sees you by your future, not by your past. A God who has your best interest. A God who wants to show you favor. Talk to him. Talk to that God. Make decisions today. Let this character be a habit in your church. But it starts with you. It starts with you.